Hello, and welcome to another episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. This week is basically a continuation of what I started sharing with you from our last time with the title, Be Sure to Know Your Vision. This week's title is Using Discernment in the Church Today. I started our last episode by sharing with you as to how I wondered if I would if I was being fair or even accurate in my assessments over the church and Christians here in this nation. Have the thoughts and feelings I've developed over the past two years concerning mixed-race churches, white pastors, and their leadership been valid? Are these far-right Christians truly Christians as Christ would have us to be? To say that I've been discouraged regarding these churches is not a totally true opinion, because in actuality, I feel totally disgusted. If ever I felt betrayed, let down, lied to, and sold out in my life, it's at this time concerning most of the mixed-race churches and their leadership. I see and can't understand how others can't see the deception that flows through Christianity with so many willing to accept the great lies that are being told in this time. But again, it goes back to what Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 24. The Amplified Classic Edition reads, For false Christs and false prophets will arise, and they will show great signs and wonders so as to deceive and lead astray, if possible, even the elect. God's chosen ones. I've heard some compare Donald Trump not only to Cyrus, the king, but to Christ himself. Donald Trump himself said that he's done more for Christians than Jesus. This is absolutely frightening, and yet they continue to believe his, believe his lies. It's these same far-right evangelicals that adhere to the misinformation and disinformation concerning guns. I can't understand, nor do I want to understand, how so many can accept the murder of innocent people, the so vulnerable, the old and very young, and then not be willing to accept or at least acknowledge that guns are wrong. In my personal opinion, the NRA should have canceled or at least rescheduled their convention in Texas. It's unbelievable that after the murder of not just those 10 people in Buffalo, but those 19 innocent children in Texas, that they went on with their initial plans. But in order to cancel or reschedule such a convention for them, it would have even made them look ashamed, not respectful, just ashamed, and it would have cost too much money. And that's their bottom line, money. Pastors are still preaching from the pulpits that more guns are needed, and they're saying that it's not guns that are the problems. Now, let's look at this. These leaders, pastors, and far-right Christians refer to the people that kill as evil. If that's true, 
and it is, then the problem is spiritual and needs to be dealt with in the spirit realm. The Bible expressly tells us that our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Therefore, it is not more guns that are needed, but more prayer and more knowledge of how to fight in the spirit to bring about godly outcomes in the natural. That's what occurred, and that's how it happened in the Bible. And at the same time, we need to use the wisdom that God has given us and take the guns off the streets and out of the hands of those who are willing to use them wrongly. But I hear and see Christians, these same Christians who have brought into the great lie of the election being stolen, the same Christians who talk so much about love, continually defending the right to buy more and more guns, which only leads to the murders of more and more people. I see these same far-right Christians defending gun rights, even to young 13 and 15-year-old teenagers being able to purchase them without a parent with totally erroneous information that is so unbelievably damaging to our seniors, elderly, and little children. It literally breaks my heart, making me angry and frustrated to a degree that is beyond words. Today I read in the news that the young man who murdered those children in Texas, but first shot his grandmother, that that grandmother may never be able to speak again. I repeat, it's the old, the seniors and elderly and little children who are suffering more from this violence with these mass shootings. I do realize that a lot of these feelings are related to the personal grief that I've experienced over these past years. But it's not just what has happened to me in the church. It's also what has happened to each of us in the church and body of Christ. It's the grief I see others suffering that also becomes my grief as well as yours. It's the same grief that's been inflicted through the wounds on not just black Christians, but everyone who calls themselves Christian. These racial injustices and foolish teachings from pulpits affects everyone in the body of Christ. And when the time comes that I begin to feel that perhaps I overreacted or that maybe I'm just being a tad bit one-sided, even to the matter of asking the father if perhaps I'm one of the elect that's being fooled. Someone else comes along and speaks or writes the exact feelings that I've been expressing in this podcast. It's not as if I go looking for these opinions. They're published or posted in newspapers, Facebook, and many other online media. As time goes on, I continue to reiterate that it's not just a matter of race, but of total deceit coming from the pulpits across the U.S. upon all Christians. To be perfectly honest, I must say that for many pastors and leaders, I realize that they've joined in with the majority to just play it safe. And just like the politicians they support, 
listen to, believe, and follow. They do this to remain in favor with the majority of their white members rather than obeying and staying in favor with God. Obedience is so much better than sacrifice. In actuality, those pastors who follow this path have become the led as opposed to being the leaders. Can you imagine a shepherd letting the sheep go wherever they please, specifically into dangerous, deadly pastures, and then following and eating right along with them in those deadly pastures? This is exactly what these far-right pastors and leaders are doing. Many of them know the truth, but yet realize that if they don't preach, teach, and say what's popular from these far-right politicians, they will lose members, lose finances, and for some even lose their positions as pastors. Basically, these pastors have become pulpit politicians. I stand in complete shock that men and women who teach, preach, and talk the word of God refuse to be open to standing up and speaking God's word according to his word. I must ask, where is their prayer life? It's like the age-old adage that says they talk the talk but don't walk the walk. Instead, they continue to push out what a ruling white majority wants to hear, whether right or wrong, in order for them to grow their numbers and fill their coffers. They continue to preach this fakey love as opposed to teaching and walking in true love for all of their fellow men. There are so many who rely on numbers to determine their success as opposed to God's ascertainment as to what he says amounts to success. Unfortunately, this is exactly what has occurred with an abundance of men and women of God who were true and strong in their walk with the Father, but are now a part of this evangelical far right-wing church today. Copious amounts of Christians have been deceived and duped, not only by the false prophets in the Christian body today, but also by sects groups and organizations such as the white nationalists, KKK, the Proud Boys, and QAnon. Where are the gifts of discernment in the body of Christ today? Again, I ask, where are the prayer lives of these leaders? How many of these leaders, pastors, prophets, and evangelicals are spending true quality time in the presence of God, not only to speak to him, but to truly allow him to speak back to them? It can't just be while driving to the next meeting or to work. It can't just be with others in church on Sundays and in prayer groups, nor can it be just when working on sermons or speeches. It has to be during a personal quality time of intimacy with just the individual and the father. We must learn to ask our father to teach us to hear him, to hear his Holy Spirit, clearly and concisely as he speaks back to us to turn us from ways and people that he never intended us to follow. I read an article recently, and today I'm going to share some of the quotes from that piece. Ken Brown is a pastor and a right-wing conservative. He pastors a church outside of Detroit, Michigan, in Trenton. 
He's being quoted from an interview from, for an article entitled, How Politics Poisoned the Evangelical Church. The writer of this article, Tim Alberta, starts by making a comparison between Pastor Ken Brown and another right-wing, I should say far-right-wing, evangelical pastor by the name of Bill Bolin, the pastor of Floodgate Church, also located in Michigan. In the charismatic churches, those like the churches that Bill Bolin pastors, there's a gift of the Holy Spirit that's referred to as the gift of discernment. Most of you who are listening understand and know about this gift. Most of us know and understand that this gift is one that's used to discern when something is of God and when it's not. It's used to recognize when something is holy or when it's unholy, when something is right or when it's wrong. I always allowed and utilized the gift of discernment of spirits, especially during services. According to 1 Corinthians 12, 10, concerning the gifts of the Spirit in the Amplified Classic Version, it reads, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophetic insight, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, to another, the ability to discern and distinguish between the utterances of true spirits and false ones. Most of the Sunday morning services, Wednesday night Bible studies, revivals, conferences, or whatever that I attended were usually powerful and hot. I remember not only taking notes during those fiery services and meetings, but then posting them on Facebook through what I refer to as golden nuggets. My pastors, visiting ministers, and whoever preached at my little church always had my full support. And I knew at that time, that I also had their support during my times of need, whether financial or physical. I love that ministry, the pastors and members with all my heart. I still do. But unfortunately, like huge numbers of other black and non-white Christians in their mixed congregations, as well as myself, we all feel so betrayed. Why? Because when I when we expected support from our pastors and leadership during the times of racial divide, not when Barack Obama was being called Satan or the Antichrist, during those times, most of us just kept quiet. But when George Floyd was murdered, when Donald Trump supported white supremacists, when QAnon theories were being thrown from the pulpit, these were the times when I felt, when we felt and continued to feel that the lives of black people who depended on, needed, and even asked for that support, it was realized that it was not there. I know that the support that they knew was needed by not only me as a black member, but all of their black members who were in states of shock and hurting at that time was withheld purposely so as not to offend their majority larger white financial supporters. It's no less with the shootings in Buffalo, New York. I haven't been in these churches since leaving in 2020, but I'm sure that there were many white pastors who gave words of condolences to their black members. Most probably they spoke about love for one another along with forgiveness. Of course, we can't forget about forgiveness during the sermons following these murders. Some may have given hugs and spoke against racial inequality, condemning the young man who killed those innocent black men and women purely out of hatred for blacks. 
Yet for most of these white pastors and leaders, that will be the farthest it goes. The next meeting, Bible study, or Sunday service, it will all be forgotten and they'll move on. They will continue to support gun laws in spite of 19 innocent children and two adults being murdered. Why? Because white supremacists are literally telling them that they need these guns in order to prepare for the racial civil war that's coming. So the pastors themselves say nothing, and many, in fact, are stocking up on their guns and ammunitions as well, which means, of course, that they're buying into the lies. So they give their words of condolences to their Black and non-white members, while at the same time doing nothing to make changes from the positions they hold as pastors and leaders. And that's the problem. A few words here or there, and that's it. There won't be the attention given that's needed for the racial divide that has always been in the churches, but has only recently been revealed and exposed for what it is, pure racism in the body of Christ. Our relationship with God is a covenant agreement. The church and marriage are also covenant agreements. When any of these relationships are damaged, immediately counseling is recommended in order to restore the covenants. Immediate attention is given to the hurts and wounds of a member of the church who has left or was treated unfairly. Special love and consideration is shown to those who are in marital difficulties and conflicts. For those that heard the last episode, you heard me speak these same words. Some churches and ministries have ongoing classes and groups for couples, teens, substance abusers, grief counseling, and other problematic issues. Yet, no one sees the needs to have classes, groups, or ministries for racial division. That's the biggest problem in this nation and the church. No one sees the needs to address the hatred, racism, prejudice, and bigotry in the church and body of Christ that's being spread throughout this nation. In most churches, it's not even considered. Why not? What is occurring in the church and body of Christ is an absolute catastrophe. It's no less a catastrophe than a Category 5 hurricane or Level 8 earthquake. And just as these natural catastrophes bring ruin and destruction to everything around it, so is the racial divide bringing ruin and destruction to Christianity and the body of Christ today. And yet, pastors who are seeing this destruction and have the power to stop it continue to refuse to acknowledge and address it. Let me share a couple of quotes from Pastor Ken Brown from the article written by Tim Alberta. Open quote. The crisis for the church is a crisis of discernment, he said over lunch. Discernment, one's basic ability to separate truth from untruth, is a core biblical discipline. And many Christians are not practicing it. End quote. Where is the discernment in our pastors and leaders? Where is the discernment that should be used in the body of Christ? 
Why are they not hearing God's voice in these matters? Do they even ask the Father his will in these situations? Many are so quick, even anxious, to refer to their gift of discernment of spirits when it's convenient or when it will make them look super spiritual. Yet, when truly needed and should be utilized and allowed to minister, it's kept subdued and quiet. No one wants to be convicted about a matter that will cause others to become uncomfortable. Let me rephrase that last statement. For the most part, no one wants to make their white counterparts uncomfortable when racism, bigotry, and hatred is discerned. Pastor Brown referred to discernment as one's basic ability to separate truth from untruth. I must say that this is another sore point, or maybe it should be referred to as another source of pain for me and other black and non-white Christians. A blind man could see the lies and wrongs against black members that are being perpetrated by the predominantly white evangelical churches. The article continues, and I quote, the pastor said his concern was not simply for his congregation of 300, but for the millions of American evangelicals who had come to value power over integrity, the ephemeral over the eternal, moral relativism over bright lines of right and wrong, end quote. For the millions who value power over integrity, these are pastors, politicians, leaders, and all else who will accept money and power over the word of God. If nothing else, Christians should be known for their integrity. We are not recognized as those who love God by the love we show for one another. But maybe, just maybe, if we walk as men and women of honor and integrity, perhaps we'll at least be respected a little bit more as Christians. We have not loved one another well enough with a true love to show whose we are. The love that's being shown in the church and by Christians is seen by others as deceitful and hollow. It's nothing to be, to be believed or accepted as real. Christians' love is all too shallow and fading. Far, far, far too many pastors and prophets have valued power and money over honor and integrity. It goes back to me saying again that Christians are destroying Christianity. When it's allowed for misinformation and disinformation, matters that are false and are inaccurate, given with the full intent of deception, then these pastors are not only aiding in the lies, they become a part of the lies themselves. They have become liars and deceivers. But what does Revelation 21 and 8 says? But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Next week, we'll talk about this one verse of scripture from Revelations concerning those in the body of Christ who are now perfectly fitting the description of those who will burn in the lake of fire. 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook Messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support, and may God bless each and every one of you.